Manhattan City Commissioners are generally favorable of a proposed sales tax increase going to voters. At Tuesday's work session, Deputy City Manager Jason Hilder spoke about the need for an extra revenue source to drive up the city's general fund cash balance, which began the year at around $10 million after being at $16 million to start 2023. City staff have proposed taking the current 1% sales tax up to as much as 2%. Mayor Wynn Butler. So I'm, I'm in favor of at least a 0.5 increase in that sales tax. I'm not so sure we can go all the way to 1%. But 0.5, maybe 0.75. Now, it doesn't necessarily, you know, solve the whole pool issue. But as a step one is probably go ahead and put on the ballot and see if the population will support that. The city is also looking at the potential of constructing a new indoor aquatic center in the next few years and a potential extension of a quarter percent quality of life sales tax to help fund that. Commissioner Peter Opelt. Obviously, I want to see some more details, some projections on how it might affect our our, our bottom line and things like that long term. But um, yeah, I think I'm definitely open to having that conversation moving forward. City staff estimate that uh, having the sales tax increase could generate between $7.5 million to $15 million in additional annual revenue. Law enforcement will have their hands full this week trying to make sure people are staying safe for fake Patty's Day. Members of the Manhattan Fire Department and Risk Reduction will be out in the community Saturday to ensure people are celebrating safely. Deputy Fire Chief Ryan Alm says crews will be monitoring overcrowding concerns in Aggieville and also ensuring people in house parties are celebrating safely and responsibly. And so we will have people out patrolling to make sure nobody's on top of houses or apartments. That's not occupiable space. It's against the ordinance, city ordinance to be up there. And so we will have people out doing that. Alm says additionally the fire department will be out making sure people are cleaning up their properties. If not, we'll get them issued the proper notice and we'll do an abatement if we have to if people don't clean up after themselves. We may not reach the people who are, but hopeful that the people who are partaking in the event clean up after themselves and don't leave the neighborhoods trashy. Anyone with concerns this weekend can reach out to the Office of Risk Reduction at 785-587-4506. Authorities are investigating another case of alleged forgery and theft in Manhattan this week. The Raleigh County Police Department says a report was filed Monday afternoon in the 700 block of Points Avenue after an unknown suspect fraudulently wrote and cashed checks at numerous area banks. The total loss is estimated at around $10,000. Police listed Flint Hills Beverage and a 38-year-old man as the victims. Anyone with information is encouraged to call Crime Stoppers. Medicaid expansion will get a hearing on the House floor sometime this session, but Manhattan area legislators all agree it likely won't go much further than that. The issue has had growing support on both sides of the political aisle in recent years, though GOP leadership has not had a lot of interest in bringing the issue to the floor. State Representative Kenny Titus says he supports having the discussion, but still questions the role the state should play in the matter moving forward. There are legitimate arguments on both sides of this question. And before we remove a lot of people that are already on insurance and put them on government insurance, I just think we need to have a really careful conversation about the role of government in health care and, and the total cost to the state long term. Senator Yusha Reddy says she believes if the Medicaid expansion debate was put to a public vote, it would pass overwhelmingly, which is why she says she's ready to debate the issue. So I think I would like to hear it. I would like to have a chance to vote on it and see if we can't pass it. I think that's the best way to do this. And in my opinion, this is an investment just as an economic development issue would be. This is an investment in our communities and in health care, and it's also a prevention mechanism. Legislators head back to Topeka today. Sunset Zoo is acquiring two new exotic animals to be kept on location. Those animals, a Takan and an Okapi, were both acquired through the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, 
which Sunset Zoo is a member of. Marketing and Development Officer Melissa Kirkwood breaks down how the animals and similar animals are brought to the Manhattan Zoo. Zoos that are associated with AZA will all um, connect with us and say, hey, we are going to have or we do have these animals and we're looking for them to have more space or to be in a new area where they can either be in a new home at a new zoo or maybe eventually they will become part of a breeding program with the zoo they're coming to. The Takana and Okapi will be available for visiting by late spring or early summer. The Kansas State University Department of Agricultural Economics will be hosting the Kansas Farm and Ranch Transition Conference in Manhattan on March 8th. With more on that, here's K-Man's A.J. Shaw. The conference is designed to help farmers and ranchers plan for the transition to the next generation. K-State Director of Office of Farm and Ranch Transition, Ashley Westerhold, says that a 2012 Harvard Business School study found that 70% of family-owned businesses failed to transition to new owners successfully. Westerhold says this number is important because 85% of Kansas farms are family-owned. Oklahoma State University Agricultural Law Specialist Shannon Farrell will be the keynote speaker for the event. The conference will last from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. that day, and lunch and materials will be provided. For News Radio KMAN, I'm A.J. Shaw. Good morning, I'm Troy Coverdale with your sports headlines. It's senior night for the K-State women's basketball team as it welcomes in Iowa State for the home finale. Aoka Lee, Gabby Gregory, and Rebecca Dollinger are to be honored after the game as the Wildcats are seeking their 13th conference win of the season while trying to keep themselves in position for the third seed in next week's conference tournament. Game time at 6.30, coverage on Sunny 102.5 gets underway at 6. Dallin Hall and Jackson Robinson each had 18 as BYU rallied from a 12-point deficit to beat 7th-ranked Kansas 76-68 at Allen Fieldhouse, ending the Jayhawks' 19-game home winning streak. Also in the Big 12 last night, number 1 Houston dropped Cincinnati 67-59 and Texas, best Texas Tech in Lubbock, 81-69. High school boys and girls basketball last evening across the region in the 6-8 girls substate. Manhattan over Topeka 62-43. Liberal beat Wichita North 58-12. That'll send the Indians out west on Friday. Wichita Heights ended Junction City season 59-10. Class 4A substates. Chanute knocks off Wamego 47-43. Bishop Meage downs Rock Creek 61-22. Clay Center keeps its season alive, besting Mulvane 64-33. And Andale was a 51-48 winner over Chapman. In 3A girls substate play, Rossville over Riley County 38-28. Silver Lake over Marysville 74-48. St. Mary's beat Nemaha Central 36-29. And Halstead was a 53-18 winner over Council Grove. In 2A boys, Valley Heights over Lincoln 38-34. Bennington drops Wabunsee 61-23. And southeast of Saline was a 72-57 winner over Council Grove. Tonight on the docket, Manhattan High boys will play host to Wichita South. Coverage at 545 on News Radio KMAN. Junction City will host Wichita East, the winners to meet on Saturday. In 4A boys, Rock Creek hosts Bishop Miege, Wamigo travels to Chanute, Chapman plays at Abilene, and Clay Center is at Pratt. Have a great day. I'm Troy Coverdale.